Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Episode 146. Now with more giant scorpions for Narmer to try to put in his chest cavity. I, I'm hoping Rick's just playing the long con of, oh, something's going to happen. And then this episode's <laughs> going to start with Citrus standing in the sand and nothing happens. Hey, but if something does happen, I still have mirror image, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. You do still have that. <laughs> there was only one survivor. Oh, jeez. And it was Narmer. <laughs> and it was one of the mirror images. <laughs> That's Jessica's nice. next character, an intelligent illusionary mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat, they had made their way uh, still ever deeper into the sightless Sphinx. Honestly, you guys are uh, mostly clear. Woo. I mean, there are a couple big, uh, big spots on the map yet that uh, you haven't explored. Big old like Glaberzoo-sized spot. A whole second floor? Yeah. Potentially basement, too. We don't know. And a head. And a head. There could be a second know. floor and a head. I mean, I I would think there would probably be a basement, even though realistically the soil is probably not best for it. No, I think we're going up. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, they didn't build on sand here, so they probably would have carved this out of like an existing thing. Although, yeah. actually, I think most of this place was created for magic. Magic. Yeah. magic. I think that was established that it's magic. It's true. You can get away with anything, but just going magic. Yeah, because that's really the only way you'd ever get a basement in Texas, too, is magic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the party had opened up a door into the uh, the western reaches of the Sightless Sphinx as they reached the crossroads, took one look at a giant electrical wall and said, nope, and then wandered their way further to the south, making their way uh, into a couple of rooms where they found some sleeping quarters. They found a room full of a uh, Apparently where they had been doing body modification as far as like, mm -hmm. well, it's not really necessarily body modification. Like they already dying. have tattoos, but yeah. yeah. After checking those two rooms, the party had made their way further towards the, uh, I believe what Hollis said, I can't remember if it was Hollis or just Jessica referred to as uh, closer to the anus of the Sphinx. Oh, that, that definitely sounds like a Jess thing. <laughs> yeah. And it entered into a large spacious room, the Hall of Honor. And there were creepy statues. Many, many statues, each of them subtly wrong. As they made their way further, they'd noticed that there was a spiraling script across the statues. Tell kind you. of worked into the very design of them. Don't read them. They're the riddles. You have to watch them, but not read them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which if you're like me and you're a compulsive reader, this room is a trap. Luckily, yep. they're written in abyssal, which none of us speak. So you can mm. stare at the words and not comprehend. Be okay. Oh, yeah. yeah thankfully. Don't speak abyssal. How strange. There's brilliant light in this chamber, like the golden glow of illusionary sunlight. Low stone walls create a path through the center of the hall between the ornate statues placed along the way. Stone crowns and phronic headdresses sit upon the brows of the statues. Stone robes are adorned with bits of jewelry that glitter in the light bedecking them. And on the uh, southern side of the hall stands an immense statue of a golden scorpion that appears to have been crushed. The scorpion's carapace has been cracked open as if from some mighty blow, and its claws are twisted and shattered. And I forget, did we try to scan that? Is that a golem? It's yeah, nothing it's not in the golem. room is, the go is a golem. It's a real scorpion that's been gilded in gold. Yeah. That's true. You'd made your way about halfway down the hallway before a, um, was it a quintet? I think it was a quintet. It was quite a lot. A pride of Moftet. A pride of Moftet had launched themselves into the air before descending down on you like a dive-bombing falcon. Of lions. 
and uh, pretty much wrecked the party's day in that first round of combat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's sneak attack, man. Yep, sneak attack with five attacks on a charge. Oh. That'll do it. Murder. However, the party had managed to actually fight back and uh, overwhelm their opposition. Yeah, but now Citra's on the other side opponents. of the wall in the sand, and we don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Yep. Yeah, Citra would like to get back to the path. Also, we're all hurt. Well, before you can heal yourself. Something bad yeah, happens. That's what I was afraid I of. Citra, you had vaulted over the wall, strode across the sand, stabbed, slicing down these Moftet, these cultists of Ereshkigal. Yep. You stand looking down, blood slowly pulling around the form of the uh, the last Moftet to fall as you and Sudi glance over. Sudi, safely? On the other side of the low stone wall. I don't like the way you said that. And there's a click and it just the walkway drops. <laughs> as you stare down into the sand, kind of shift your shoe a bit. It's not sand. Look to be tiny slivers or splinters. Oh no. The entire floor of this chamber is covered in bone dust several inches deep. Holy cow, that's a lot of bone. Citra daintily steps back <laughs> onto the path. Yeah, you vault over the wall to no issue. That isn't sand. What is it then? I'm pretty sure it's bones. Masika kind of leans over the wall, looks down at it. So do you like takes in the size of this room? That's a lot of bones. The chamber itself is about 50 feet from one side to the other and over 100 feet in overall length. Sophronia gracefully glides over the wall to rejoin all of you. I don't like this room. I don't like this place. <laughs> well, shall we? I guess so. Mm. You appear to be injured. I'm very injured. Uh, We're, we yeah. are all very injured. I'm at half health. <laughs> yes, we are all very injured. I too am at half health, Sudi. I'm going to say I'm down by more than half. <laughs> Oh, Sophronia still has a handful of uh, lay on hands left. Pause for healing. Pause for healing. Early in the episode this time. Yep. You guys all done with your healing? Yes. Yep. Yep. I guess we're going to follow this path around the bend. Just around the river bend. I was exactly what popped into my head, too. <laughs> Except it's all just sand. Bone. It's well, not bone sand. Bone, bone dust. Some necromancy components right there. Yeah, I was about to say, anybody need any material components? <laughs> so, I suppose, after patching yourselves up, it probably only took about two minutes or so for you guys yeah. to collect yourselves, dust yourselves off. So I have a little bit of time left, we'll see. Yeah, We're, we're dusting extra diligently to get the bone out of us. Nah, yeah. might as well not do that till we're out of here. Hollis had to hel hold Masika's hand the entire time for the healing, so that yep. Masika wasn't having a mischance with every time she uses the wand. It's like, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody cast True Seeing so I can see Hollis. Goodness. <laughs> but the passage continues ahead. I guess we All right. forge on. Let's creep past. I'm st I still find the giant gilded scorpion sus, so we'll... <laughs> I'm Sudi's giving it side eye. Well, you golem-baned it, so I don't know what to tell you. You want to golem-bane it again? Yes. You're good. Okay. 
Until it's not a golem and it's an I'm undead monster. I'm telling you, it's going to be like an animated object or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. Like an undead. You make your way forward, walking on this thin path here, now eyeing with even perhaps some greater trepidation, both the statues as well as the sand that covers here. I'm sure a part of you, of all of you, particularly Sudi and uh, Citra, who were kind of murder machines in that last fight, a little more cognizantly aware as you're not used to leaving actual bodies in your wake. Yeah, it's been a while. step over the fallen forms of the Moftet. I was going to say, would Sudi want us to at least, like, line them up or put them um, to the side? Sudi honestly is going to do, like, whatever the equivalent of the, the battle prayers for the dead are, which I imagine are rather quick. Um, because this entire room needs to consecrate, like, badly. Hollis is like, uh, can we do this in about mm, eight minutes? And go see what's over here first. Yeah, because uh, one, her spell's going in. Two, this entire room is made of mishandled corpses, so this is, like, a whole separate level of We can of come back up. and say a bunch of stuff. I mean, Sika's call lightning is still going, too. She's got a couple minutes left on that. Yeah, so we're hustling. All right, All right we're we, we hustling. You make your way forward eyeing off towards your left as you begin to pass by the large golden scorpion. Again, underneath this glit gold, you can see these exposed pieces of carapace, black as oil, just beneath the surface. Hollis, Masika, both of you can recognize this as having once been what is commonly referred to as a giant emperor scorpion. Ooh, fancy. They are some of the most deadly of their kind. Massive in size, extraordinarily fast, capable of burrowing deep beneath the surface, creating ambush pits, in essence allowing them to dig themselves into the soil and then leap out when they sense prey approaching. One of the most feared creatures of the deserts of Osirian and even beyond. Uh, Game mechanically, just for an idea, they are gargantuan. Oh, goodness. Uh, when it was alive. We should, <laughs> old boys. we should put it in the sand kraken in a fight and see who wins. Oh. <laughs> Hollis, I think you already made this assumption, but as you begin to pass it, Uh-oh. again, you're fairly certain that this this scorpion probably represents Ereshkigal's hated sister, mm. the demon Lord Aldenach, sometimes referred to as a golden scorpion, mm. and the one responsible for banishing her sister from their previously shared plane after they, I guess, Lamashtu split them up because they couldn't do the, you know, draw a line through the center of the plane. <laughs> and she didn't try the whole tie them together and make them be friends, put the same sweatshirt over both of their heads. Yeah. Because <laughs> that works every time. Mm-hmm. You all make your way forward, beginning to approach the turn where the passage continues. As you reach the end of the walkway forward and begin to turn, you can see that the the hall continues ahead, somewhat lost in darkness, as the light seems to be focused over the center of this chamber, and you begin to enter once again into the darkened chamber surrounding it. More statues line the wall ahead of you. Two, four, six, eight in total. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge religion. Scanning all of them for golemness. All right, checking each to see if it's a golem. Uh, I rolled a 13 for a 25, or a 35 religion. Uh, 10 for a 15 religion. Uh, 10 for uh 23. Yeah, uh, there's 23 of them. Maybe oh. don't look at them too close. 
<laughs> oh, 23 statues? Mm-hmm. For 23 riddles. Uh-huh. Yes, that's not surprising. There's a theme. Well, and they had that weird rotten on them, so, like, let's definitely not cast any sort of understand the magic situation. Y- you know what our theme should be? Walk faster out of this creepy room. I mean, okay, I hear you. <laughs> I think I actually agree. <laughs> Just throwing this out there. I am immune to insanity. No. Okay. Because then you'll speak it, and then we'll all go insane. Yeah, I could memorize it, and then I could whisper it into your ears while you sleep. I think that would be a bad idea. Wait, we're not hustling. We hustle. We go through (laughs) the rest of this room into the, I guess, the next chamber? The great beyond. Don't say say that. We're not going to the great beyond. That's a bad place. (laughs) That's a bad place for us right now. We are ill-equipped. I just want to go hang out with Mr. Bubbles. Ah, oh, he'd be fun. Mr. Bubbles. Walter. Walter Bubbles. I just, uh, every time I hear Mr. Mr. Bubbles, it just Bubbles. makes me think of Bioshock. Me too. Well, that's the point. That's the whole but, point. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's doors, y'all. You make your way forward down towards the end of the passage. Out of the creeptacular room of creepiness. The statues continue along your right-hand side. As you reach the end of the passage, it opens up into this small... You think this is maybe an, an antechamber? The chamber itself is maybe about 20 feet across, 40 feet in overall length. A wide set of double doors, each door some 8 feet across, and stretching up to a height of some 15 feet. Stand off towards your left. Ahead of you is a depression in the floor, tiled. There's a smell, almost something sulfuric. That's a bad sign. You can see numerous signs here, like maybe at one point this was possibly some sort of bathing pool. Benches line the area next to it, where individuals could come and wash their feet. The doors are marked, each, with a depiction of a faceless sphinx. Two in profile, staring at each other with sightless gazes. A single hieroglyph marks the top of this door, denoting this as the Chamber of Sky. Oh boy. I prepared it to spell magic. Sudi... Approaches the door with Citra, looks for the, uh, all clear. She gives a nod. Sudi makes sure that everybody's ready. Yep. Gives it the the three count before shoving into the door. Is it locked? Fortunately, it is not locked, although that would be funny. <laughs> Ow, <laughs> it would ruin our surprise, though, of coming in there and being like, hi-ya! Sudi, you shove open the door. Imagine you and Citra shouldering into them simultaneously. Each of the doors slide open ponderously, but silently, as your light floods into the room beyond. The chamber you were in, the Hall of Honor, was as bright and brilliant as noonday. This chamber, however, is dark, but faintly lit, as if by a sky full of stars. The ceiling of this vast hall arches upwards to a height of almost 50 feet, the highest of any chamber that you've encountered thus far. The ceiling has been painted dark blue, and tiny lights twinkle in the darkness like countless stars. Near the center of the room, pillows overflow from a shallow pit. Oh, hey, is this the room I saw when I looked through the mirror? It looks hauntingly familiar. Hmm. A polished bronze shield lies atop a round stone table rising from the center of the pit. Beyond the pit, a white stone statue of a six-legged, faceless sphinx faces the room. I love the contradiction in that sentence. 
<laughs> the faceless sphinx faces the room. Yeah. On either side of the statue, odd long brass poles stretch from floor to ceiling at a height of approximately five feet. There look to be odd cylindrical protuberances from these poles. Your eyes adjust as your light plays into the room. In the far side of the room, you can see one, two, three, four figures. Two, the closest two, perch high on the wall. Their toe claws dug into the sandstone that makes up this structure. Their wings beat as they kick free from the wall and scimitars dance into hands. A third Moftet stands maybe some, you'd say, 100 feet or so away from where you're standing now. Holy cow. She eyes you, and judging by the bruising on her, you think that this is the same one that fled from you <laughs> in the initial chamber. Nuts. Still down a couple of hit points from getting punched. Oh, good. A fourth Moftet stands in the center of the room, directly in front of the white statue of Ereshkigal. He is tall and muscular. His wings and the fur of his legs are midnight black, not seemingly dyed like the others, but naturally so. He wears a cloth head covering of red and gold, which drops down to cover his shoulders, and a pectoral complete in the center with a black onyx gemstone forming the face of a faceless pharaonic head. Glowing tattoos mark his arms and chest the same as they do the three women in the chamber. And he turns slowly two vicious looking sickles held easily in his hands. As he turns, he has a face that you could only consider to be handsome if you can ignore the fury and madness in his eyes. Got crazy eyes. Hey, this is the room that I saw through the thing and the bee baby was here. Let me build that room real quick. Biggins. You should be able to see to the far end of it. And that do is a lot of room. At least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that's a lot of room. The figure turns. Usarib, I presume? I am Usarib. Why have you trespassed in our home? We're here for the cult and other things. His dad sent us. We have many reasons for being here. He is not dead then. No. Were you hoping he was? Hoping, no. But he is weak, and the desert does not abide weakness. Uh, no offense, but y- you <laughs> abandoned your people. I found a higher calling. A higher calling for only three of you? Where you could have stayed and helped your father, rather than come here for glory? I is- tried what I could to save them. By killing them? We heard of the attack that you did on them. Killed the one person who left here originally. Oh, his other sister? The desert does not abide weakness. Regardless, I think we have gotten off on the wrong foot. Considering you've sent your people to attack us at every turn, I'd say that's definitely a wrong foot. I'm sorry. Did you announce yourself? You didn't give us a chance to announce ourselves. You enter in here invaders. Bedecked, he gestures in the direction of Sudi, like our enemies, faces hidden. But now you tell me you've come here to remove them, the cultists of the forgotten pharaoh. Cultists in general. 
We cannot tolerate this corruption. There's a soft, blazing red light backlighting all of you as Sophronia begins to float slightly Yep, higher. I'm with her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I mean uh, Masika is too. There's a lot too, more like, corruption here. We forgot to say there was another thing. Uh, we were helping a ghost deal with her kind of unfinished business, which I think is y'all. Sorry. And your, you know, demon friend. Oh, yeah, of course. How curious. You say the desert cannot divide weakness, but that is all I see before me. Then let me demonstrate how wrong you are. Sorry, guys. It felt like a right thing to say at that good. moment. He <laughs> smiles, crouching. His right. tail whips Close back and forth. As he crouches, you see a small figure sitting half hidden behind one of the front right legs of the statue of Ereshkigal. This tiny girl looking out at you with curious bright gold eyes and thick black ringlets. Her little bee butt wiggling back and forth in anticipation and or fear. <laughs> I'll put her on the map there. Great. Are we going to Didn't fight have a little bee baby. It's so. a little bee toddler. We're not going to fight the bee baby. We're not fighting the bee baby. <laughs> yeah. She's a, not a baby. She's a toddler. Unfortunately, I did not have a, uh, a tiny little bee baby to put on there, but <laughs> I did have a tiny little bee. So I just took a picture of a regular bee. I mean, yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> I found it hilarious. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I guess you just sassed your way into that combat. So let's go ahead and get it. initiative I for the party. I didn't even think it was necessarily uh, sassy. It was just matter of fact. No, I mean, we, we knew this we knew this fight was coming. So eh, I just thought we were going to be fighting him and the Glabber Zoo. So little behind the screens, we can get into it in the after party. Uh, no, there's a diplomacy option. Yeah, we're not going to uh, help them. <laughs> That disappoints me, but okay. Sophronia would never, ever abide and it. And Sophronia would immediately yeah. murder us as well. As soon as you were like, there's a glow behind you, I'm like, well, Sophronia's no good. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> we brought the paladin lady. I mean, I was trying Wait. to get to the point where I could ask him about it, but that that line he kept using it, I was like, I gotta use this back again. It doesn't, again. Know, doesn't yeah, you back at him Because he's hiding in a giant stone thing away from the sand. All right. Uh, so if you want, you could have walked as much as uh, 30 feet into the chamber. Do we want to walk 30 feet? We would have yeah, walked because at least into the chamber. Is, yeah, because we wouldn't be so screaming at him like across this Actually, underfoot the, chamber. the acoustics in this room are amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, they're probably pretty good. <laughs> it's it's like chapel level. Uh, God, where were we? Um, it depends because there was Canterbury was, and then there was the one in Edinburgh I think it was. Too. I think it was Canterbury. Where just uh, you can be on one side of the room and you can hear someone having like a soft whispered conversation like a yeah. hundred feet away. Nice. I think it was Canterbury because the one in Edinburgh wasn't shaped like that. Yeah. On the Royal Mile. You guys step in. Let me go ahead and fire up some combat music. Sirenscape. Don't fireball the bee, baby. Huh. What? Just thinking about my options. Well, let's start with her. Oh, right. I need to roll initiative. Uh, okay. While you're thinking about your I options. I rolled a 19 for a 26. Dang, nice. Very nice. Sudikantar. I rolled a 6 for a 9. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls an 18, which gets her 21. I was like, what is my initiative modifier again? <laughs> 21. We're ready for this All fight. Right. Citra Nahamra. Speak for yourselves. Citra <laughs> rolled a 14 for a 20. Sudi's bringing up the rear. Oh. going to be full of slashes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be full of slashes. 
don't know. There's just something about this guy that really rubs Citra the wrong way. And I think it's because she's got, you know, the whole, I lost my brother and you abandoned your siblings. He's a bad like, brother and he's like got that, yeah. he's got that coolly arrogant thing. And that's just like not a good look. No. Yeah, he's a bad brother. I mean, honestly, he's just a pretty bad person. Yeah. He's a bad yeah. guy. But that it just it well, really he gets got, to Citra. his other sister mm-hmm. killed, and he doesn't yeah. care. You know, he attacked his people. And after was just this. like, well, the you desert drove his like friend crazy. What? That's the it's madness. Like, well, we're talking. gonna show you how weak you are. And I mean, Masika's not gonna leave a crazy cult of demon no. worshippers out in the desert that she lives in. Not especially <laughs> ones that are sacrificing people and then grinding them up into bone powder. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did some bad stuff to those other cultists, and we don't even like them. It's true, Masika. I'll need you to roll off. Holy moly. Oh, Lord. Oh, crud. Uh, well, I roll a one. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. So, combat begins. Well, let's start weather. You have first initiative. Please just disintegrate him. Ah, uh, we have a glabber zoo in here. The baby's behind him. Yeah, if pertinent, the uh, two that are flying are currently flying at a height of 30 feet. Of course they are. <laughs> so, all of you stand just inside of the entryway about... Again, you guys had the chance to walk about 30 feet into this room. Despite that, you're still uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 feet away from the far wall of this room. And while the room started at about 40 feet wide, it then went up to 60 feet wide and then goes up to 80 feet wide by the time that you get to the far end of this chamber in kind of like an upside down ziggurat or a, uh, all I can think about are those collapsible measuring cups. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here's what Hollis is going to do. Might as well try it. It's a good opening volley if it works. Okay. Uh, Hollis is going to reach out a hand and cast Icy Prison. Nice. So nice. he gets a reflex save. So it's Usurib? Yes, on Usurib. Targeting Usurib? Okay. Time to chill out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, we're just going full wrestling now. That was more of a Batman and Robin. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> Mr. Freeze statement. Very well. Uh, Usurib gets a 27. All right, so he passes, but I think things still occur. So one second. If the target makes it save, it gains the entangled condition, but can otherwise act normally. Whether or not the target saves, it takes one point of cold damage per caster level each round that it is entangled in the ice. So essentially it can break the ice off of itself or do a strength check. But until then, it will take 12 points of cold damage around and be entangled. Okay. 12 and entangled. Chill out. Not bad. All right. He's got his little tail stuck to it like when you lick a... Uh, so, yeah, you chant and tone gesture. He springs up his wide wings, arching over to either side, almost 15 feet across as he hits them once and starts to launch himself up. Although you still manage to capture his tail and his trailing right foot as he stumbles in the blast of ice that explodes up to reach him. Uh, you have a move action remaining. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to stay way the heck over here. The uh, depression full of pillows in the center of the room is difficult terrain, by the way. Hmm. Uh, and it's at five feet lower elevation, although it's also three feet thick on pillows. Hmm. So we can nap in here afterward. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we need to be worried about right now. Yeah. You can nap in here. If you happen to fall into it, it negates up to uh, 10 feet of fall damage. <laughs> that's true. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it is filled with pillows. It's full of pillows. From Hollis Starkweather, we go to Usurib the Betrayer. I mean, when your name is Usurib the Betrayer, you're probably (laughs) not going to be the... He might. He's kind of got that douche energy. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so he can make a strength check, um, or he can just try to break the ice. The ice has 36 hit points, and the strength check DC is a 27. Nope, he's just going to spell cast. All right. Uh-oh. Spell casting. <laughs> Gotta get over there to that guy. It's probably some sort of cleric or oracle or something. Oh, yeah. So he reaches up, touches two fingers to his holy symbol, gestures his hand out through the air. I mean, Masika gets a 34 on a spellcraft check to figure out what's doing. Uh, Masika, you're able to recognize this as confusion. <laughs> I will need a will save um, from the nuts. party. Oh, um, no. nuts. All right, guys, pray for, pray for Citra. All right. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> That's not a good save. sound from Jordan, either. I got 23. All right, Jordan. Uh, I roll a 7 for a 20. Fair enough. Wait, is this mind-affecting effect? It is a mind-affecting compulsion. Okay, so 22. Masika? Masika rolls a 19, which gets her a 36. <laughs> I think Masika's <Okay>. fine. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Citra. Okay. Citra rolled a 14 for a 23. That's what I rolled, okay. so... We're all right yeah, in you there. Think you're all good. Sweet. He then Ooh. growls in a sphinx to his companion. Free me if you would. <laughs> Looks <Gee>. like weakness. <laughs> oh, salty Citra! What is this? You know what else doesn't lack weakness? Ass. <laughs> From there we go to Masika. This is going to turn to a bad Citra fun just, she is a good sister and she does not like that this guy got his siblings killed. Like, this just hits her in all the right places. And by right, True. I mean wrong. <laughs> Salty. All right, Masika's going to run 40 feet forward because she still has her boots of speed from when she was wearing breastplate. All right, um, so the one that's on the ground next to Usterov needs to make a reflex save because I'm going to use one of my call lightning bolts that's left over from the last battle. Okay. Uh, reflex save. So, yeah, the one closest to Usterov. Yeah, not great. It's not bad. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, 27. Oh, yeah, she saves, which means I think she okay. takes no damage. Evasion. So a yeah. fork of lightning comes down as if from the night sky before cracking into the ground as she beats her wings. All right. Narmer is a tiny... Turning to her sisters and yelling, she turned her into a cat. <laughs> the other ones glower down from their own oh, perch no. high, their perches on high. Uh, and hiss down is at a you tiny angrily. creature with a strength of 10. Can he pick up another tiny creature and still fly with it since he has perfect fly? Give me one second. Better a cat than dead. Yeah, she's going to have a great true. laugh. She's going to join the, the the good moth tet. They're going to feed her tuna or whatever y'all have around here. It's a desert. There's no tuna. Well, whatever's in the river. There's fish. Freshwater tuna. I don't know, man. Do I look like some sort of biologist? Salmon. What do you know about salmon? Catfish. Catfish, maybe, sure. I eye Masika and armor and say, well, maybe not. That's kind of rude. So, how many pounds of gear is Narmer carrying? How much does Stinger Jr. weigh? Negligible. Well, it's more along the lines of, like, he's got... Uh, Narmer has bracers of armor, has a belt of strength, his cloak of resistance, he has a headband of intelligence, an amulet of natural armor, and a ring of protection. Didn't realize he was so blinged out. I was going to say, he's a very <laughs> add pretty that to boy. The Those get divided by their size, because they're also tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Math. 
No, because his max carry capacity is 20 pounds. Uh-huh. And I think a toddler weighs more than 20 pounds. Probably I would argue, yeah. to 40. Okay. Yeah. Or 20, 25 pounds, actually, is his max All carry right, capacity. then never mind. Armor will stay with me. I okay. thought maybe since I mean, she was I don't, like I don't half, actually know much about half bug, maybe she weighed less. Blah, little yeah. one. Blah. <laughs> I like the bee half of her just doesn't weigh anything. Average weight for a 24-month-old toddler is uh, 26.5 pounds. Okay. And she's also got all the bee butt and everything else, so that God adds knows how much weight. that adds. I would think that would be lighter. Yeah. There's no bone. Well, yeah, but that's well, in, no that's in yeah. addition to all the rest of the body, though. Like, that's not like the replaces. Because they have body and So it's like a full off. human with a bee butt on the back. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyway, no, Narma will stay with me. I was going to see if he could go oh. kidnap the bee baby. but that might have been a bad Operation idea Operation anyway. Narma goes in alone. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday. Uh, from Masika of the Beckon, we go to Citra Nahamra. Uh, you guys got some really good initiatives this time. Woo-hoo. I was going to say, Citra just needs to start moving her way in. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just double move in. So I assume Sophronia is going to join me. <laughs> Should hope so. Yeah, if not, we're gonna be, you're gonna be in trouble in a second. So Citra barrels forward, bringing us to the cultists of Ereshkigal. Yep. Uh oh. He told them to free him, so maybe they'll waste a turn chipping at well, ice. Just the one and next to him. Also, though. at least I've moved, so I'm not flat-footed. Yep, not like Sudi. Yep, they're gonna yeah. go after me. Uh oh. More cat on cat violence. It's true. All right, so the first one charges Usarib. Oh, to get all the attacks. Yeah, so the first one circles around, positions herself between Usarib and Citra. Swings out, uh, deals 11 points of damage to the ice. Okay, ice is still there. All right, and she's not raptor diving because she wasn't flying. Mm -hmm. So she can only get the one swing as she positions herself between Usarib and Citra. The second one will charge Sudi. Okay. So flies, dive bombs down, so soars straight over Masika's head before diving straight at Sudi Kantar. Oh. It's not acted yet, and so it's still flat-footed. Yep. Is Sudi's flat-footed AC that much different from his normal AC since you don't really wear armor? Uh, it's a difference of three. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, so the first swing, plus two, 33. Yep. So that's one hit. Second swing, 29. Yes. Third swing, 24. No. Fourth swing, 26. On the nose. Fifth swing. No, thought that was a 19 for a second, but it wasn't. 19 actually total on the roll, but. Uh, so no. All right, so three hits. That's bad. So 22 from the first hit. Ow. Oh, geez, that was a good roll. 28 from the second hit. Ow. That breaks back down. Uh, 20 from the third. But, Sudi, okay. I suppose you turning as it charges at you and doing your bre- best to bring your fists up and start to kind of tuck in as you feel these blades slicing into your... You are bracers, don't you? I have... Yeah, I have bracers of armor. Yeah. Slicing, cutting into your bracers, some of them still managing to curve around your fists as you're still not quite used to... Uh, you're used to the Kopesh way that it arcs and not a scimitar as they dive forward, scrape around your forearm and still manage to plunge two or three inches deep into your shoulder. Well, I'm below half hit points now, so that's a problem. The third and final one, that's a target-rich environment. Charges Hollis. Dang it. I'm okay with this. I have seven mirror images right now. I guess that's true. It's true? All right. I say, and then she'll probably hit So, Jess, go ahead and do me a favor and uh, 
I guess roll for the mirror images. I guess roll a d8 for the first one. Okay. If you roll a one, it'll hit you. Okay. Uh, and that's a perfect 20. I rolled so, a five. It doesn't hit me. All right, so pops an image, second okay. attack. That's a 29. Sorry, 31. Okay. I rolled another five. So pops another image, third swing. Yeah. That's only a 21, but I think that might still hit it you. It does. I roll a six. Okay, so pops an image. Okay, now it's five, so I'm going to use a d10. So fourth swing. That's a... Actually, only a 17. Nope. Does that miss by five or less? Yes. Farrell, so pops an image. Fifth swing. Yep. It rebounds up a bit. 25. Yep. Uh, but I rolled a four on the d4, so it also pops an image. Okay. How many images do so you have many? left? Two. Two. So there's three Hollises. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Sudi glances over and there's significantly less Hollises on the board. Hollisai. Hollisai. There's just kind of the, like Hollis backpedaling motion. And as each like each swing comes and it steps forward, there's just another Hollis basically just shoving a mirror image of her in front of herself. <laughs> yep. The two remaining mirror images look nervously between one another. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, from there we go to Lady Sophronia. So, Sudi's looking pretty bad off. Yeah. Yeah, so she'll move up alongside Sudi, facing off against the first Moftet that dive-bombed him. Reaches out, lays a hand on Sudi. Cool. It's actually a really good roll. Uh, 24 back. Hey, nice. As you feel a pulse of energy roll through you. Unfortunately, Sophronia's lay on hands can't do that. I think almost 70-something damage you took. No, I mean, that's fine. It's better than nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, it'll keep you alive. Yeah, I'm above I'm above half now, which is good. She spins her longsword, eyeing the cultists. Sudikantar. All right, so much for my really cool plan of using my 100-foot movement speed to close the distance on Usarev and punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> I mean, you still could. You'd just take an no, attack opportunity I don't do and leave Hollis back here. I also have here. to run through <laughs> difficult terrain, so it wouldn't really work. Um, all right, I'm going to fall out attack. You acrobatics to leap over it. Don't leave me. Yeah, but I How I awesome would that have been? Yeah, you do have I, a 20 foot running start. I still provoke. I'm just going to punch this this uh, lady because I can hear her a bunch of times. So All right. For a dramatic, like, stunning fist to him. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, hush. It would have been really nice if I'd rolled high, but I didn't. So we won't dwell on it. All right. Um, these guys are chaotic. I'm going to full out Flurry of Blows them. Okay. Nine on the dice. That is a 27. A 27 will strike the cultist. Hey. Don't forget your extra dices. Oh, I didn't forget my extra dice. 13. Uh, 19 points of damage. 19 points. Second attack. Telling punch as you slam your fist into the cultist. Uh, that is a 12 for a 30. 30 will hit again as you launch out with a second left hook, bringing in the southpaw. 14. Uh, 20 points of damage. Cracking into her jaw. All right. Fancy flurry kick. Uh, that's probably not going to hit. That's a three for a 16. A 16 will not strike a target. Oh, well. Two out of three ain't bad. All right. Taking us from Sudi Kantar, Hollis Starkweather. Hollis is going to five foot step behind Sudi. See if the lady follows her. Unfortunately, no. Yay. Uh, and then... Only she had a few levels of bunk. Hollis is going to look over at that spellcaster... And cast a spell she's never cast before. Uh-oh. But apparently it's prepared. Well, it's an abjuration spell. Uh, I'm going to cast a six-level spell crash. So... <laughs> a what? So, uh, he gets a will save. 
If he fails the will save, homie's going to lose one of his fifth level spell slots, whether or not it's prepared or spontaneous, either a slot or a spell. And then it works its way down until it finds a spell slot that exists. Oh, man. Spells spells Crash is a real F you to spellcasters because it's just your highest level spell. I've never cast it before, but it does seem fun. So he rolls poorly, but it is a divine spellcaster. We got a 23. That is on the dang nose. Do you not get any bonuses for being like an abjure thing? Uh, well. You don't don't have a spell focus? I didn't take spell focus. I took some other stuff. So yeah, that's sad. Oh well. Oh well. On the dang nose. Frustrating. He is a wisdom base caster. Yeah. I only cast that on other spell casters, and all of them have good will saves. So. No, no, it makes perfect sense. And for all you know, he could have been like Oracle. Hey, but I just learned he's Oracle a wisdom base caster. Sense. That narrows down what he could be. <laughs> pretty, pretty significantly, honestly. He appears to have really good reflex and will saves. Hey, fortitude mm. saves. I got something <laughs> for that. That makes me happy for my sleigh living chances. <laughs> Are you still going for that? <laughs> yes. Oh, he also takes 12 cold damage. <laughs> and 12 cold damage. Hey, you know what? Points on the board. Oh, yeah. Plus, I never cast spell crash because we keep finding cultists that don't cast spells. I was going to say, we haven't fought a sure. spellcaster since, uh, like Comet? a serious spellcaster since like Yeah, Comet, and I didn't right? have six level spells then. Yeah. So from Hollis, we go to Usarib. He's entangled. He doesn't necessarily know. I mean, the confusion didn't affect all of you. Hmm. Yeah, he'll try. Uh, so he calls upon the dark powers of Ereshkigal, and I will need a will save from everyone but Citra. Great. Oh, uh, is that a death effect? Because if it is, I get a plus two. But otherwise, I rolled a nine for a 19. Or, or fear, enchantment, death effects, negative levels. It's evil, if that helps. Nope, I rolled a <laughs> okay. nine for a 19. Uh, I've got a 10 for a 23. Uh, Masika rolls a 10 for a 27. Sephronia rolls a 10 for a 25. Yep. A lot of tens. But a, uh, a cloud of unholy power raises up from the ground and swirls through as... Uh, Masika, you can identify this as an unholy light. Oh, gross. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Uh, all of you succeed. Yay. Woo. Still... We do take some damage. It's still going to... Yeah, it's F still going to mess us up some. I cannot evade it because it's mental. Also, I think you're not good, so it may not be as bad for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. I always forget that about Sudi. Yeah, I'm lawful neutral, baby. All right, so... Sudi seems very lawful good, though. <laughs> Hollis and Masika, you're both good, correct? Yep. Yes. So that's going to be 11 points of damage for Hollis, 11 points of damage for Masika, okay. 5 points of damage for Sudi. For not being And 5 good. points of damage for Sophronia, since she made the save and is also... <laughs> Incorporeal. ...a ghost. All right, well, that wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, that's uh, not a good one to not make the save on. As that wrenches through all of you, bringing us from there to... Masika of the Beckon. Masika is going to continue to move forward. I'm going to go about 25 feet forward. Because I don't want to get up all on his grill until I can actually, like, cast a spell. Um, And he's entangled, so I'm going to lightning bolt him. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Working together. Uh, Yes, and because that's a single target spell, it won't hit the prison. Well, it's just a little bit of ice on his toesies. Because because magic. His little toe beans are encapsulated. I thought he had, like, little claw... Toes. I don't know, man. But he's, I mean, he still has toe yeah, I mean, beans. He has I cat mean, feet. Yeah, uh, okay. so you'd have paws and claws. Alright, so he does get a reflex save. Minus two to this because he is entangled. That still gets him a 19. That fails. Ah, baby. Hey! Baby! Alright. He takes 16 points of lightning damage. I almost rolled max. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, there's a 
fork of lightning descends down, crashes into him. You can tell it injured him, uh-huh. but you're going to tell some of that he was protected from. Oh. Mm. Unfortunate. All right. That's the end of Masika's turn. He's got spells. She flexes her fingers because she's going to try to slay living him next turn. From Masika, we go to Citrinahamra. Because I'm debating whether I should just five foot step up and wail on this Moftet lady or if I should move in and get him. It's a hard, that's a hard to tell because like he's a caster, so getting up in his gr- his grill will slow him down. I mean, you could move in well, and then just attack the lady, but be next to him to like cause him to have a bad day. Well, I think the well, she takes a five foot step, she can do wield and get oh, a bunch yeah. of attacks. But yeah, so Citra is going to a uh, five foot step um, up next to the Moftet lady that's trying to free her her bay. I guess I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what their relationship is. I don't know. That was presumptuous cult leader and cultist. Sure. Whatever. So she steps up, and I'm going to two-weapon fight. Okay. Who's Reb's providing the flank? No, he's not. <laughs> I was going to be like, wait, what? Evil cultist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blood for the blood god. Uh, for my first attack, I no, rolled a 14, which will give me a 29. A 29 will strike your target as you dive into the attack. Okay. Uh, I do 10 points of regular, 6 points of electricity. All right. My second attack, I roll a 17 for a 27. That is a threat. 27 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. I roll a 10 for a 20 to confirm. A 20 will not confirm your critical hit. I didn't think so. Uh, That one's only 11 points of damage. Still Still a telling hit as you begin to slice and dice. All right. I go for my third attack. Bring in the offhand. Uh, Unfortunately, I rolled a 9, but that's still a, a 20. A 24 will strike your target. Okay. Nice. Stab her. Stab her real good. So, eight points of regular, three points of electricity. Super stabby. Another telling hit as you continue to slice diving into the attack, bringing us to the cultists. She will start Um, by... I'm going to be in trouble. ...attacking the ice. First hit does seven points of damage. Second hit does nine points of damage. Third hit does 10 points of damage. All right, done. That's it? Yep. Very well. So spin, slicing, thrice, shattering through the ice, protecting Usarib. Well, not protecting. <laughs> shattering through the ice, encapsulating Usarib. Before spins, lashes back out at Citra. That's with a... It's only a 19? No. 25. No. All right. The second cultist will delay. The third cultist yep. will five-foot step into the flank against Sudi. And full yep. out attack. Yep. Dang it. I'm too enticing of a target. So first swing plus two because of flank is a 30. Yes. Striking you for 10 points of damage. Sorry. Uh, need to add that sneak attack in there. Rude. Let's say that sounded <laughs> I was hoping a that was low. a sneak attack. <laughs> no. Sorry. Make that 20 points of damage. Ow. Second swing comes in. That is a 28. No. All right. Third swing. That's a perfect 20 will automatically hit Oh, I've got a 20% threat. immunity to, to sneak attacks. Oh, okay, yeah. Roll that. I'll roll Dang it for it. this last one, last but round. I'm not going to go back for the last round. No, you're definitely <laughs> so. not going back for the last one. That's fine. Uh, it gets a 30 for that roll, though. Okay, it would have gone through anyway. So, and that's a, uh, this is for the third swing there. Uh, 25, I don't think we'll confirm no, the critical, though. So, I still need to roll for the sneak attack. 82, we'll get through that. Yep. Sneak attacking for 21 points of damage. Ow. Fourth swing. I'm going to go down, y'all. I have nothing to help you. 28. 
No. Fifth swing. She knows that she's not hitting even with a 28. So this last one's going to go at Hollis. Whew. Get ready to roll for that right. uh, mirror image. All right. I got my D3 from Sarah. All right. That's a 25 to hit. I mean, yeah. I rolled a three on the D3. <laughs> All right. So you've lost another image. I only have one image now. <laughs> the other one will re-enter the initiative after delaying and full attack. Dang it. Yep. That's why I'm going so down. So do something. <laughs> there's, nothing she, there's nothing she can do. Yeah. The, what does this the look person like? with the Ross's healing has run away to go slay Usurib. <laughs> I know. Where is Ross when you need somebody to have bodyguard? <laughs> All right. So first off, 38 to hit. Threat. God, yes. 38 to confirm. Yes. Hmm. 86 to confirm the critical. Yes. 18 to confirm the sneak attack. So no sneak attack on No that. sneak attack, but still a critical. Okay. So. Helps somewhat. Six one way, half a dozen the other. Pretty much. That's 18 points of damage. Ow. <laughs> Second attack. Nah, I'm going, I'm going down at the end of this. Yeah. That is a 33 to hit. Yep. And that is a 68 for the negating criticals, or negating sneak attack in this case. 16 points of damage. Okay. Brings us to the third attack. That is a 29 to hit. On the nose. That is a threat. Yep. That's only a 19 to confirm the critical. And I need to roll for the... Sneak attack. Sneak attack. That is a 17. Okay, so no sneak attack on this. Still 12 points of damage. I'm staggered. Okay. Ooh. You're not on the uh, ground. That's bad, actually, by the way. Yeah, but there's no more people to hit you this round. Fourth attack. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many attacks. That is true. Uh, that's a 25 for the next attack. No. I mean, it pretty much knows it needs a perfect 20 to hit you at this point, because its fifth attack is so low. So you're also on death's door. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go for broke. That's a natural one. So that okay. is the opposite of what it needed. All right. Well, that's something at least. And holds its ground. I did have a f look on the bright side, Jordan. Uh, their criticals also are bleeding criticals. But you are immune to the bleed effect, so hey. you don't immediately start bleeding and die. Woo! <laughs> so look on the bright small side, mercy. Jordan. Yeah, small, <laughs> small mercies. Mercy. I was really hoping it would just knock me out instead of me being at zero, because that's the danger zone. Yeah, that's to think that they wouldn't just stab you on the ground. These are people of Ereshkigal. Mm -hmm. Well, that's I mean, they've true. got other targets. Yeah, who knows? This one, at the very least, doesn't have death nail. Yeah, but maybe they're now, like... Usurib. The double tap sort of people, <laughs> you know? From the cultists of Ereshkigal, we go to Lady Sophronia. It's not great, Lady Sophronia. I mean, healing me basically is worthless <laughs> at this point. They have two tags. I'm going to ring of the ram one, if that helps. I... I mean, yes. You almost need to take I, I them I cannot out. be in the flank with them. That is what's killing well, me. Well, if I can punch one away, that'll be out of the flank, I guess, for a second. <laughs> Lady Sophronia will. I'm a wizard, not a doctor, man. Freaking 79 points of damage in one round. That's insane. I can't mirror image rogues. you. Rogues. Yeah, flanked by rogues is never. Yep. Flanked by rogues to get five attacks per round. Um, I could haste you. Yeah, Sophronia can heal you enough so that you're no longer staggered, which might be the only thing that she can really do in this situation. Because she can't... If she smites, she could maybe kill one in a full attack. I mean, I got one more trick, but it's not much of one. Yeah, she's going to have to heal you because 
if Usarub throws out another unholy Anything, blight or something like that. I'm yeah. Done. Yeah. So yeah, she really doesn't have a choice but to heal well, you. Well, Masika can't get back to you to heal you in one round. No. She's she's committed at this point. Well, unless Sudi hits one of them and then runs to Masika. That's a good idea. Do uh, that. He's staggered. He if, can't do that. I, he can only yeah, do one. Right no, he's about to not be staggered. Yeah, so do that, yeah. Sudi. Yeah, that's not great, but still 17 hit points back. I'll take it. As she places a hand on you. Stay strong. Sudi Kantar. All right. Sudi Kantar takes a five-foot step through Sophronia, between Sophronia and Hollis, uses his last pulse of the costume to get big. All right. And he's going to wail on this (laughs) until he drops her. Okay, so Sudi slides back, ducking past... Sophronia, making perfect sense. He is cut. Wedging Hollis between him and the other opponent. (laughs) Yes. I mean, desperate times. He has to do that. (laughs) Hollis is like, they did how much damage to you in one round? I have how many hit points? Yeah, I guess Hollis could be flanked if she doesn't five foot step. But Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's neither here nor there right now. Yeah. So Sudi just stumbles back out of the way. I have no choice. It's either that or I'm dead. So yeah, there's not really many options right now. But he gets big for extra damage. He is bleeding, he is ragged, he is punching the bejesus out of this woman to drop her. Frickin' forgetting on lethal, full on killing this one. The one that was attacking Hollis is uninjured. Yeah, so no, I'm going to assume the one, one. he's actually the other one. <laughs> I have to drop one of them and then there'll be a lot less yeah, threat. There's nothing I'm gonna be able to do on my turn that doesn't provoke though. So here we go, baby. I did not want to have to use my last one of these for the day, but fit. All right. <laughs> Um, Sudi is pretty salty. Um, I mean, Sudi okay. went from full health to nothing in, yeah. in, in two in rounds. Two rounds, yeah. I got wrecked something fierce. Uh, okay, I roll an 18 on the dice. That is plus 21, so that is 39 to hit this woman. A 39 will strike your target as you launch a fist over Sophronia's head. 21 points of damage. Cracking your fist into her. Still going. Uh, nine for a 30. A 30 will strike your target as you spin back around. Hill kick dropping down past, once again, past Sophronia. 12, 16, uh, 24 points of damage. Slamming home once again, your opponent's still standing. All right. Uh, that is a 14, which gets me a 16. That's a 30. A 30 will hit your target. Come on, Sudi. 15 and 8 is 23 points of damage. You slam your foot home. She stumbles back, haggard, but still standing. Uh, Maybe Sophronia will take him out. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, uh, they get to go before Sophronia does because she had to give up her turn to try to keep Sudi standing. Hollis still has a turn. (laughs) I got a turn. Yeah, so Sudi, you step back well down on her, blood coursing through you this pulsing sound coming from the mask as it just seems to be like, look at all the things I can do for you, Sudi. You can feel that finger of death at the corner of your brain as it's just like, we're saving that for the glamour zoo. (laughs) I know I have to survive this fight though. (laughs) The real problem. All right. From Sudi, we go to Hollis Starkweather. How injured does the one that he's been wailing on look? Sudi has punched that cultist five times. Three of those with supernaturally enhanced fists. So, looking pretty rough. 
Alright, Hollis. Oh, Sasha. I think I think suiting might have done more damage in that turn than he received. This Uh yes, yes I did. Okay. Well here okay. Here's what I'm doing. Barely. Actually, yeah, barely. So first of all, I'm assuming that activating Ring of the Ram, because it is it has treat this as a ranged attack, does provoke. Yes. So I'm going to swift action darting duplicate. So a dupli- another okay. duplicate of me spirals out trying to uh, get this lady <laughs> to hit it. Uh, it's a will save. What are you, some sort of illusionist? No, but I like it. That's fair. It's not enchantment. Will save, you say? Mm-hmm. That's middling. 19. Passes because it's a first level spell. So she does uh, not have to take an attack of opportunity, which is sad. Okay. And instead she can try instead to hit she'll me. take an attack of opportunity on you. Yep. Yep, so 50-50 chance, I think, at this point. Yep. Ooh, that is a 34. What am I rolling? Roll a d6, and uh, 1 through 3 is you, and 4 through 6 is your illusion. All right, I got a 1, she hits me. All it right. bound to happen. That's a hit, threat. Natural 1 will fail to confirm. <sighs> Still slices home for 11 points of damage as the blade darts out at you and cuts into your side. And then Hollis ignores her entirely and spends three charges on this ring to hit the other one because it's within like okay. 40 feet or something. All right, so minus four for firing into melee. All right. And it is a regular attack. Okay, so that's not a bad roll. 23. On the nose. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! All right, so first of all, she's gonna take damage. Uh, she takes 13 damage. And if she's still alive. Ow. Uh, she's going to get bull rushed. She is down and unconscious. I, can I bull rush her corpse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's unconscious. You can still bull rush her. Yeah, technically, Mostly yes. Mostly, I just, I'm like, go away. It doesn't really matter. It's for flavor. All right. I mean, you can still roll it in case uh, she gets some healing or okay. something. There is a yeah. cleric in play. Uh, I roll on that one. So uh, <laughs> even with all the, the rad bonuses, I don't think that's going to do anything. <laughs> Actually, yeah, their CMDs are really high. I think you guys found that out when you were trying to tumble past them earlier. Mm-hmm. On the good, ch- on the good, good news, I doubt he channels positive energy. Well, I don't think he's gonna channel, but <laughs> he'll have to waste a, a, a turn healing her if he's gonna do that. So, so that's something. But we don't know. All right, that's my turn. You still have a move action remaining. Oh, I guess I can move now that I've already triggered her BS. I run away. All right, she'll take the attack of opportunity with her combat reflexes. Rude. Hey, Sudi, you can run away now. Oh, no, she'll have a turn again. I was going to say, she's going to close before that happens. That is a 26. I rolled a three, so she hits me. Yep. Not a critical this time, though. Well. 11 more points of damage, however. Hollis flees. And by flees, I mean technically, like, runs towards the center of the room. (laughs) I have to be able to see things. I just don't want to be Sudi's meat shield. (laughs) But I need him. Well, you got a ghost. You have a ghost. You still had one more mirror image. Yeah, it's not helping me. I got hit twice. I know. That's one attack you could have hit that I don't have to have. Well, you have a ghost. From there, we go to Usurib. Usurib will move 15 feet over to be next to Citra and cast. Uh Yeah, that provokes. On the defensive. Uh, Not if he's casting on defensive. Succeeds. Only roll a 10. What's a 26 give me on Spellcraft? Uh, so yeah, you successfully identify Slay Living. <laughs> oh, crap! <laughs> yep. It's a death effect, right? It is a yes. death effect. On the plus side? Reaches out to touch. His hand bursts into uh, eerie dark flame. Osiris, help me! Yeah, maybe. 
Uh, it's a 27 to hit your touch AC. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, I will need a fortitude save from Citra. It is a death effect. Okay, guys. I have literally nothing. No, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> I rolled an 18. <laughs> okay. Um, I get a plus two against death effects, so that gives me a total of a 30. Aha! A 30. You're probably okay. A 30 will succeed. My own brother it's couldn't still kill me yet. <laughs> Uh, dealing 19 points of damage as he grabs onto Citra's shoulder and this pulse of dark energy just rolls through her, lighting Citra up for a moment in eerie dark fire. I'll admit, stronger than I thought. Masika. Masika runs up next to Citra, casts on the defensive. I can see Jordan's face over there like, <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> You, I cannot heal you. He lives, though. He's just going to heal her, and then he's going to be dead anyway. So it's like <laughs> there's a no-win situation in this. I'm regretting that I already used my snap to get that dang wand in my hand, or else I could boop you. You know, just carry a wand. 15 plus 12 is 27, plus the 7 for my modifier, 34. Do you have combat casting? I think that's fine. I, I do. So that's like <laughs> I, I don't think it matters 38. at this point. Hey, you know what? We're going to do the math and feel good about our numbers. <laughs> that will be at the DC 25. I'm going to need this perfect bitch to 20. roll on that one. I roll a perfect yes! 20 to reach out and touch him. <laughs> yes! A perfect cool. 20 will automatically hit threat. Roll to confirm. Oh, please What, what happens if you crit a slay living? He double dies. He die! <laughs> I roll a 27. To him too? I, get a, I get a 27 to confirm. A 27 will confirm. <laughs> he gets a 26. Ah, uh, he passes. Dang it. Yes. But it's critical. Yeah, it's, uh, well, then it's 66, I guess. Yeah, it's plus 66 six plus, plus double her cast level. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's so, not hey, bad. at least there's that. He didn't actually pass by that much. Well, he has hecka yeah. good saves. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the racial Moftet saves are. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't help that he already had a eight hit die of being a Moftet on top of all of his mm. spellcasting levels. 46 points of damage. So there's a pulse of fire that runs through your hand, black flames, as you call upon the power of darkness. There's a whole lot of dark fire going on over there <laughs> as you blast them also. They're having a slap fight. Magic slap fight. Yeah, the best kind. Throwing slay livings around, it's like Russian roulette. <laughs> as we go from there, Citra Nahamra. Citra would like to acrobatics into the flank. Because I do have my mace out. Okay. Kill this man. <laughs> All right. I start with a 28, and I rolled a 16. That gets me a 44. 44 will beat your opponent's combat meter defense. Oof. And then I would like to flanky flank stab. <laughs> All right. You roll to the side, spring up, lash out with your blade. Of course, I'll I show you a roll rogue. well on that one. I rolled a 7, which gets me a 23 plus 2 for the flank, 25. 25 will not hit yeah. your flank's target. Yeah. As you spring back up, probably a little bit blinded from all of the uh, the dark fire covering you, covering him. I tried. You spring into the flank, taking us from there to the cultist of Areshkigal. The cultist looks over to her fallen sister, kind of off in the direction of that retreating wizard. Stick out my tongue. Turns and looks up <laughs> to Sudi, blood pouring out and then like hardening across him as it dra like drains out of his side from the I mean, monolith. I think, five sneak attacks that you've been subject to? At least, yes. At least. Kaiju and alone. they just saw me like basically like take all those hits, take a step back, quadruple in size, 
and then just yeah. look down at them like, I'm going to get you now. They will spin their twin scimitars. And probably attack me anyway. Step up against Sudi hovering on death's door. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> and we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, oh come on. on. <laughs> I just want to live. If you go, there's only one doorkeeper left. I Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.